Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Trevor Woods here from the Block M Podcast and affiliate of the Fan First Sports Network. Today, for the Getting to Know the Opponent pod, we're previewing Michigan versus Indiana. After a couple weeks on the road, Michigan returns to Michigan Stadium, the big house, to take on a 2-3 Hoosiers team who are coming off a bye week, a bye week in which they made some changes, and we'll see how that impacts the team for better and worse on Saturday. With me today is Zach Osterman. Zach covers all IU athletics for the Indianapolis Star. You can follow him on X at Zach Osterman. How are we doing today, Zach? I'm good. How about you? Hey, could it be better? Fall weather, football weather, going to be a good one in Ann Arbor on Saturday afternoon. So, Zach, heading into this one, there are some changes for IU. A new offensive coordinator, one which is going to be the highest paid in Indiana history, Rod Carey, 
Walt Bell is out. Could you go into the process of that change and what Michigan should expect differently, or should we kind of expect some continuity since it's the middle of the season? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the, the reason for the change is, is probably pretty self-evident. Indiana's just, certainly across the last year and a half, you know, is the time that Walt Bell's been OC. Um, but, I mean, absolutely, this season, Indiana's just not scored enough points. Um, they're, they're they're second from the bottom or third from the bottom, I guess, everyone. They're 12th out of 14 Big Ten teams, let's just say it that way. Um, in scoring offenses, the only teams behind them are Nebraska and Illinois. Um, and if you've watched Indiana's games, it's been, you know, and this, this would be a, a, a podcast unto itself, but it's it's been difficult at times to really just kind of understand, I guess for lack of a better term, what Indiana is trying to sort of – build its offense around what Indiana wants to be staples of its offense, the stuff that you can sort of ground a, a wider game plan in and rely on week after week. And uh, I think Tom Allen probably just got to a point where he felt like a change was necessary, the bye week being kind of an obvious sort of window for that if you feel like it has to be done. Um, and Indiana will move to Rod Carey. It's tough to say exactly what it's going to look like. You know, Carey has kind of said – you know, he said, I'm not a miracle worker, and, you know, obviously um, there's a real extent to which basically he can't, you know, change the, the, the structure of the whole offense just kind of on his own, um, you know, overnight. But I think there is maybe a hope that at very least he can identify some things that Indiana has been struggling with offensively that maybe can just kind of turn around and, and get to a place where Indiana is – a little bit more consistent where there is just a little bit more kind of, I think the way he's put it is just figure out what we do well, do more of that, figure out what we don't do well, do less of that. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect, you know, massive structural changes, maybe some changes in emphasis. It is going to be interesting to see just how much Indiana sort of tries to take on in terms of maybe, you know, altering the structure of its offense midseason. Speaking of changes, it sounds like there will not be a change at quarterback you had an article about it. Taven Jackson remains starting quarterback as Indiana looks for different results. Could you talk a little bit about Jackson? Yeah, so the, the, the he's been Indiana starting quarterback, and basically there was kind of just this this lingering awkwardness from the Maryland game where Indiana made a, a quarterback change. I guess it would have been like mid-late third quarter. I don't have the box score right in front of me. And Brendan Sorsby, who was the other player that competed for that um, for that job in the in the off season and the preseason, came in, you know, steered a couple touchdown drives. On the other hand, obviously, the game was pretty much well in hand. I think I want to say Sorsby came in. Indiana was already down like thirty-seven to three or something like that. So you wouldn't have called those necessarily, you know, touchdowns in, in, in moments when the game was was serious and sort of you know heating up. But then after the game, Tom Allen kind of still left it open-ended, you know, in terms of he didn't just sort of say, well, we wanted to get Brandon Sorsby some snaps. We wanted to protect Haven. He's our starter. We got to be better going forward. Um, so it kind of left that question open through the bye week. And I don't know how, I don't know how open that, that competition genuinely got, but I think it's obviously fair to say Indiana settled on, on the idea. If it, if it ever had any question, Indiana settled on the idea that Taven Jackson was a starting quarterback, would remain a starting quarterback. And it is worth saying that while he was in a quality control role, which is which of course means he was limited in what he was able to do from a coaching perspective, 
Rod Carey had been spending most of the season with Indiana's quarterbacks and in, in Indiana's quarterbacks room. So that room is not new to him. It's not foreign to him. Um, so he'll have had, you know, his own ideas on just kind of what to do with that job. If anything needed to be done with that job, um, before, you know, or when he took the OC position. So that kind of gives you maybe even more of a, uh, a hint that Indiana's pretty locked in on Taven Jackson. So looking at some of the Hoosiers games, two and three on the season, one I'm particularly interested in getting your answer about is a loss, a loss to Louisville, a game where they were down Indiana, they were down 21 to nothing, they scored 14 unanswered points in the second half, they lost the game 21 to 14, but they shut Louisville out in the second half. And this box score is all the more interesting in retrospect looking at what Louisville was able to accomplish this past Saturday. They beat Notre Dame pretty convincingly, 33-20. to Louisville's now the 14th ranked team in the nation. 6-0 on the season, first in the ACC. So your thoughts on that game? How did IU come back? How did they keep it close? Uh, were there some silver linings to take out of that game? I think we would have thought there would be. Indiana struggled for probably the first... I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of that game. Louisville was able, Indiana had a couple defensive backs out. Louisville was able to stretch them a little bit down the field. One of the, one of Louisville's touchdowns, I think about an 83, 85 yard touchdown pass. Um, and then Indiana's defense kind of turned it on. The offense probably still felt like it was looking for some, some, you know, just kind of, I don't know, points of common ground within itself or however you want to say, just some, you know, kind of con- some consistency, but it seemed like it was clicking. And then, of course, in the second half, it very much did. Taven Jackson was outstanding. The pass game worked really well. Indiana was within, as you kind of alluded to there, you know, just a, basically a, a goal line stand of tying the game late in the fourth quarter. And I think we all looked at that and thought, well, this is encouraging. Even in defeat, there's, you know, kind of more of an offensive roadmap now. And, you know, that's a good Louisville team that obviously time has proven out to be even better than we thought. And look what the defense did, you know, against it for about 35, 38 minutes. That's all outstanding. Um, and then, you know, the, the next week against Akron, the offense lays an egg. And then the week after that's the Maryland game, and it's ugly. And, again, I think it's it's easy to sort of understand how Indiana got to a place where it felt like it, need, felt like it needed to change offensive coordinators. So that Louisville game, you know, on the one hand, yeah, it, it was encouraging kind of in the moment, um, particularly how well – Indiana kind of dug in defensively, controlled the line of scrimmage, and found some of that rhythm and some of that comfort that, that Taven Jackson needed to be at his best as a quarterback. Um, on the other hand, just none of that was really sustained past the Louisville game. And in any consistent way, Indiana's only scored three offensive touchdowns in the last two games in regulation. And I think Tom Allen, it's probably fair to say, would only consider one of those offensive touchdowns, which came against Akron in a game that Indiana needed four overtimes to win. Um, Tom Allen would probably only consider one of those those three touchdowns, you know, to have, have been scored in a meaningful moment in the game. So it was an encouraging afternoon that ultimately just kind of hasn't been followed up on. Can you talk about whoever pops in your head a couple players, both sides of the ball, that Michigan fans should be looking out for in this one? For example, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, he talked about the returning prowess of uh, Jalen Lucas for Indiana went uh, at length about him. Is there anybody else to look out for, and should they be looking out for Lucas? Yeah, I mean, Lucas is he's probably one of the most explosive players, if not the most explosive player in the Big Ten, um, and Indiana will do anything he can to put the ball in his hands. I, I would be shocked if they don't throw it to him more often. 
Um, he was really he's, he's a running back by trade, but they've really expanded his role for the last few months, and he was outstanding in, in the past game against Louisville. And Indiana's really not been able to get him reengaged in the offense when it's thrown the ball consistently. The two weeks since, that's probably been one of the biggest sort of post-Louisville failings in terms of not being able to build on that. I think you always look at, you know, you're always going to look at a quarterback. Can a quarterback find a rhythm? Can he get comfortable, especially in a tough environment on the road against a really, really good defense? So Jamie Jackson will always be a piece of it. Cam Camper, I think Indiana's leading receiver over the last two seasons, will be back. He, he, he was listed on the participation report, report, but he didn't have a target against Maryland, and I can't really remember having seen it on the field for more than a couple snaps, maybe. Um, but it seems like he's going to be healthy again. And so I think that, you know, that connection of Jackson to maybe Lucas to maybe Camper to maybe Donovan McCulley, who's a really promising big body wide receiver. He switched over from uh, quarterback last year, so he's still picking up some of the nuances of receiver, but he's looking better. Defensively, I mean, Aaron Casey and Andre Carter are two of the most sort of consistent producers in the Big Ten in tackles for loss. They're both very disruptive players. Casey's a linebacker. Carter's a defensive end. Then Indiana will move around all over the place. They'll let him play inside a little bit. He can play left. He can play right. Hand in the ground, two-point stance, whatever. Um, he's a really, really just a – I mean, Indiana got him as a transfer from Western Michigan. He's really, really good. And those two guys have been, when they've been at their best, and when Indiana's defense, frankly, has been at its best, those two guys have been really, really disruptive. And I think that was, especially when you talk about a Michigan team that obviously has a lot of power, a lot of talent, you know, you, you need to be able to kind of disrupt that offense's rhythm, force some mistakes, force some third and long situations and that kind of stuff. And those are two guys that I think if Indiana's going to be able to compete on Saturday, they're going to have to have big games. And what are your thoughts on the Indiana secondary? Philip Dunham, three interceptions on the season. Lewis Moore has two picks, one return for a score. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, obviously, um, they're coming off of the last game they played, Talia Tagovailoa burned him for, I think, five touchdowns and 350-some-odd yards. And so it was always going to be a bit of a work in progress as a secondary. They've lost a couple of their more experienced transfers to injuries. We'll see if either the Nick Toomer or Jameer Johnson are back this week. Moore has also been, I think, hampered by something, but it seems like he's doing better. You know, that his defense kind of has to, it's really got to complement itself with the way it plays. There's not any one level of this defense that you can just be sort of overpowering to an opponent. And I think when it's playing well, that's when you see basically the, the pressure, the penetration, the tackles for loss, the sacks or, you know, attempted sacks. Cause frankly, it does feel a little bit like football's moved away from the idea of just having like a 15 sack defensive end. The ball comes out, you know, quarterbacks are going to shot and the ball comes out of their hands too quickly. Um, but can you pressure? Can you move the pocket? Can you move the quarterback? Can you avert his eyes? Um, I think Indiana's got some guys to do that, but I don't think Indiana necessarily there's any one level of the defense that can just sort of stand up, especially against an elite opponent like Michigan. I don't think there's any one level of the defense that you can just point to and say, well, they'll stand up. They'll be counted. They'll be fine. It, it really is something where it's, you know, pressure's got to turn into mistakes. Mistakes have got to turn into interceptions. Interceptions have got to turn into points, you know, by hook or by crook. That's kind of where I think Indiana is. Now, offensive coordinator wasn't the only thing that changed for Indiana over the bye week. They also reportedly added Justin Fuente to the staff. 
He was a former head coach at Memphis and Virginia Tech. Uh, can you shed any light on that? He's, I believe he goes back with Rod Carey, either Rod Carey or Tom Allen, one of the two. And um, he will replace Carey, essentially. So Rod Carey was elevated to offensive coordinator when Walt Bell was dismissed. And Fuente will replace Carey as that, that sort of in that offensive analyst position. So it's clear, obviously, that Indiana values having a head coach in, in a position like that. Rod Carey was a head coach for a long time at Northern Illinois and then Temple. Um, I think it's it's also just kind of fair to say this is, this is also just Indiana, you know, trying to fill out its staff and make sure that it's got good people in good spots. And so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how, prominent of a role for example Fuente Fuente's really going to play in terms of maybe being in the public eye or you know the you know like I don't I doubt we'll ever talk to him I guess is my point um but there are probably worse people to have you know in in some of those rooms frankly than um than Justin Fuente both for his experience and also you know frankly his success yeah, Fuente definitely an accomplished guy, and you know th- things end bad for most coaches, and the same could be said for him at Virginia Tech. But uh, as we know in the college game, analyst positions are a good way to bounce back and uh, get going again. So we'll see what happens with Fuente at Indiana, and we'll see what happens when Indiana heads to Ann Arbor to take on the Wolverines. Zach, thanks so much for coming on, and would you like to tell folks where they can follow you on social media and find your stuff online? For sure. Um... I guess social media is just my name at Zach Osterman on Twitter, O S T E R M A N, and then uh, I guess on the the internet probably the, the best place to go would just be anystar.com slash sports. You know, we've we moved some different stuff around. We got some podcasts and things, but you know, generally everything's going to be hosted there. So a lot of good stuff on there. So thanks so much to Zach for coming on, and this has been Trevor Woods, and you can follow me on social media at Woods Football, and I'll be talking to you all at the conclusion of Michigan, Indiana, for the post game. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu podcast. Take care.